1: Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of the Assembly Call, as today your Indiana Hoosiers fall in Fayetteville, 73-72 to the Arkansas Razorbacks in a game where Indiana really just didn't play well for most of it, but somehow found themselves in it at the end with a chance to win. <laughs> Rob Finnessy takes that shot. Duron Davis's follow is oh so close. A foul ends up being called, and the Hoosiers end up losing. Uh, we're going to break it all down. You know, obviously, it, it, it was nice that Indiana was able to battle back and have a chance to win on the road with maybe their B minus or C plus game, uh, but <clears throat> so many mistakes, a lot of, of of execution errors and mental errors, and we are going to get into all of those here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm going to be joined by Andy Bottoms and the coach Brian Tonsoni. But let's start tonight's show as we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment and you know for my banner moment you know we're going to talk about you know obviously what Juan Morgan did in the second half and some of what uh what Romeo Langford did from an offensive standpoint but you know for one individual moment when it's 72 to 69 you're on the road you need a bucket the ball swings over to Rob Finnessy a guy who you know had not been shooting well had you know missed a couple of threes badly really out of sync had been in foul trouble it just wasn't his day And for him to step up and make that shot in that moment, I think, tells us a lot about Rob Finnessy. And it's a lot of what we think we know about him uh, already. But that was a huge shot. It tied the game, gave Indiana a chance to win there on that last possession. And then he was the guy whose number got called there, too. And and maybe you can quibble and say that Romeo should have gotten that, or you got to play through Juwan. But Rob took it. And to see just the kind of confidence and poise that he had after game where he really wasn't able to get in sync very much, uh, that's a... It's a positive sign for Indiana's point guard of the future um, and and something that we can take away and feel good about, even on a day when he didn't have his best and certainly uh, the team uh, didn't have their best. All right. Tonight's Hoosier Proud banner moment brought to you, as always, by our friends at Hoosier Proud and now their new brand, Home Field. As longtime listener of this program know, for years, Hoosier Proud has been the best place to find Indiana-themed apparel that is made by Hoosiers for Hoosiers. And back in August, Connor and the team at Hoosier Proud took that expertise and created Home Field, a premium collegiate apparel brand that tells unique stories about a growing list of schools, including Indiana and Butler and a host of smaller schools that are hard to find unique apparel for. The website address is homefieldapparel.com. And you will find designs there that you can't find anywhere else. For example, this week, with the weather becoming more frigid, check out Home Field's tri-blend fleece IU hoodies and crewnecks which feature vintage designs from IU's storied history, like the much-beloved IU Bison design. I actually ordered mine this week. I'm sure that our very own Sultan of Sweatshirt will be getting it, too. I'm buying no matter how expensive it is. Unfortunately, it's not that expensive. Uh, And then we can't forget, back at their original website, hoosierproud.com, you will still find the best state of Indiana-themed apparel, plus our official assembly called Logo T-shirts, all while sending 10% of your purchase to causes around Indiana, like Habitat for Humanity of Greater Indianapolis. So to review, the two URLs are homefieldapparel.com for IU gear and hoosierproud.com for everything else in Indiana, including the Assembly call shirts. Can
0: a brother get some coupons?
1: Yes. As always, use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout to get 15% off your first purchase. That's promo code ASSEMBLY at homefieldapparel.com and hoosierproud.com. Thank you. All right. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And we will go first to Andy Bottoms. Andy, your Bottoms line on this Indiana loss.
2: It just felt like a life on the road game. I guess you could you could kind of say. I mean, the, the team I would argue sleptwalked through the better part of twenty five minutes before they really got it together and, and closed well down the stretch. But um, and, and you know, if you do that, some of the calls down the stretch don't matter. The blatant flop by Gafford that, and then rolling into Duran's leg that forces the travel. I don't know how you can not call, even if you want to call a charge and reward the flop. You have to call something there other than a travel. Uh, the, you know, sequence in the last seconds for IU, uh, whether that's a place that you call that foul, uh, you know, is a, is a question. But it shouldn't have come down to that. IU was too lazy with the ball, too careless with passes, too, took too long to really start stepping in as the re- receiver of the pass to really get in front and just gave up turnovers uh, that way, finished with like 18 or 20 on the game, um, 18 uh, for the game 10 in the second half, just too, too many careless turnovers. You're not going to be able to win like that on the road. And, uh, you know, injuries aside, foul trouble, they tried to battle that. And I, you know, I kind of thought, you know, weathering that storm in the first half, they'd really come out with some fire in the second half. And those first few minutes of the second half, they just dug a hole that took a while to get out of. And once they finally put game pressure on Arkansas, they started to take some bad shots and, and turn the ball over a little bit themselves, but just took too long to really, you know, play with the kind of urgency that they they needed to play with because once they did, they really from that point forward you know, dominated the game. Is probably strong, but um, but but really controlled the last you know 15 minutes or so of the game. Even when Arkansas would make a run, you always seem to have one. So a lot of big shots um, from some young guys during the course of the game, as you mentioned, Romeo hit a couple big ones. I mean, he and Juwan just kind of carried the team for a stretch in the second half. And um, so I think there's things if you want to try to you know, look past the immediate, you know, disappointment of losing the game and losing the game in the way that they did. Um, but I think there's some, some positive signs and hopefully this becomes a learning experience for these guys of of how they need to come out and play from the opening tip on the road instead of really letting the crowd get into it, which was dead to start the game, uh, and really allowed them to get in it and and lose some momentum that way. So disappointing loss. Hopefully one we'll be able to look back on and and say that they learned something from another game that they're able to close out, um, you know, maybe maybe even Archie and his post game comments someday will will say, "Hey, this was a uh, you know." We'll think back to the Arkansas game; we couldn't close it out.
3: Learn from that and and make improvement later down
2: the line. All
1: right, it is Tonsoni time, Coach. What's on your mind?
3: Uh, just a, a frustrating performance, I b- believe, by the Indiana and the Hoosiers. I, I don't think they they played well short of that last ten minutes, twelve minutes that Andy's talking about. And when you're on the road, you, you can't take 28 minutes to get started. Uh, then you put the the game in the hands of people like the officials and and so forth. The officiating I thought was poor, but it's not the reason Indiana lost this game. Indiana lost this game because they couldn't stop penetration. Um, they, they weren't in good help side on defense, on lobs. They let the big guy get going and have a lot of energy and have an outstanding night. And when he comes back in and goes for eight in a row in a key stretch, uh, there was no separation. And that that's the last thing. We we fought back and and gave in, fought back and gave in, fought back and gave in, and never were able to go over the top. I think this is a game that Indiana really missed McRoberts defensively. Uh, I think he could have stopped some of the errors that happened. And I think this is a game where Devontae Green and his shake and bake and downhill. Uh, I wrote down a, a few times we need slashers and north south action, not east west early in the game. It just took Indiana twenty. Five twenty-eight minutes to realize what direction they really needed to go against the pressure. And that's why Indiana got beat. And again, you, you don't like losing. It's frustrating. It's opportunity for a road win for the resume, uh, but uh, even good freshmen and good returning players need to learn uh, how to play. The good thing is we, uh, Indiana battled and was right there at the end and, and should have won if they executed the the last segment, um, a little bit better.
1: Yep. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and the coach Brian Tonsoni. We are breaking down Indiana's 73 to 72 loss uh, to Arkansas. Saw a few people asking if Ryan is even on the show anymore. Yes, he is. He's just in Maui, so he will be back with us uh, once he gets back home from Maui. Guys, let's talk about Romeo it was, Langford.
2: It's a drug test suspension. Everybody, don't yeah. don't <laughs> believe don't believe what Jared's saying.
1: Um, Let's talk about Romeo because, you know, we get on here, we do these banner moments, and you got to think of a moment real quick. And what I wanted to do was say something about Romeo, but obviously the moment that stuck out was Rob's, and I think it was a worthwhile one. But the truth is, you know, Romeo did so many things today to keep this team in the game. Now, I don't think his defense was particularly good for large stretches. I think his ball handling was very suspect, and that's fine. We can criticize that, and we should. But the reason why Indiana lost this game by one was because Romeo Langford is such a great scorer and can go get buckets. And that, to me, was one of the biggest things that stood out today, you know, in terms of the difference between this year's team and last year's team, is in the first half, you know, there, you know, Indiana got down by 10, I think, at one point in the first half. And, and just it just kind of felt like nothing was going right. And they, you know, Juwan's out, you know, Al, Al's tired, Rob's got fouls, and they just put the ball in Romeo's hands and ran the offense through him. And he kept Indiana alive. You know, the reason why Indiana was down by three at halftime is because Romeo kind of kept us alive. And then there toward the end, you know, he hasn't been a guy who's been known for a shooting. He knocks down two threes in a huge spot on the road. Finishes the game at 22 points. I thought he was tough rebounding. He had 10 rebounds and had five assists, five of Indiana's 13 assists. Andy, for a freshman, to come on the road and play the way that Romeo did against that type of defense, I I know we expect so much of him that it's easy to point out the faults. But you know, I thought in so many ways he was terrific today and played 38 minutes. I mean, he kind of was the glue that held Indiana together all the way throughout the game. And then you got Juwan Morgan in there in the second half that kind of put things you know almost over the top for Indiana in terms of coming back. But I just, I just thought we saw so many of the things from Romeo today that make him such a special player, such a special scorer. And you know it wasn't even his best. He was six of fifteen, but I still thought he did so many things that kept Indiana alive in a tough road environment.
2: Yeah, I I think you know. I mean, all he did was lead the team in points, rebounds, assists, and uh, block shots. Other than that, he was okay. Um, But no, I mean, he 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 really did carry them through that first half. I mean, I think everybody looked up at the scoreboard at halftime and, and felt lucky to be or fortunate to be to be down just three and if it wasn't for him really that stretch you said i mean the game started to get away from you in the first half a little bit you know they had managed to hold the lead they sat him down up five points and arkansas ripped off four straight to make it 14 13 is what i wrote down and i mean i don't think he i think he came back in shortly thereafter and i'm pretty sure he didn't sit out the rest of that half so he, you know, and really just trying to drive, make shots, he made some long twos, showed some better range uh, on a shot with, with hitting those threes, was, has been for the second straight game um, a lot better from the foul line than he had been before. And so, um, you know, you started to see he and Juwan work together a little bit on those side pick and roll scenarios in the second half that worked a lot. So uh, I would agree with you. He, like a lot of guys, really would get into the open floor and just seem like they couldn't get control of their dribble um, Demezi was that way. Al was that way. Uh, Finnessy was that way, quite honestly, like they couldn't really find a guard who consistently, you know, the entirety of the game really was able to, to be under control. But, um, yeah, there were some, there were some stretches where he, he was, you could just tell how tired he was and, and kind of played through it. And I agree with you. There were some defensive lapses and, and the way he closed out in a couple of scenarios. I think he fouled the guy, uh, fouled the guy late on one where he was just you know late closing out and just, you know, couldn't, didn't have the control, um late in the game but uh yeah i mean they're not it's a it's a double digit game at halftime if not for him um and so and and he and Juwan at one point i think had 13 in a row in the second half uh i think before Finney hit that three so they really really carried it and and you know tried to create some things for others as well i mean five assists for him as a is a solid game and if he can continue you know we've seen him do that at times in games um uh, continue to create for others and and you know continue to work uh yeah i mean you could, we could, we could nitpick the defense and some of the turnovers, but uh, th- this game isn't close if it's not for his work in the first half.
1: Coach, thoughts on Romeo? Uh,
3: it, it's such a, a treasure to have someone like Romeo when things aren't going well that you can just go get some points. Yeah. Uh, every player has some things that when you you watch the tape, you're going to pick out. You know, shot selection. I thought he settled for a couple threes or deep shots early and missed. Um, and he's just got to tighten his game with the with the handle there, uh, especially that one Gafford got him late. But again, uh, I, I wrote down at some point. I think it was that thirteen fourteen segment. i like um, or it's nineteen to sixteen. I said, Romeo, where's Romeo? And all of a sudden, then he took off and really kept Indiana in in the game. And it's an interesting thing as a coach, and, and coaches disagree on this about how to get your best player going. Do you go to uh, a guy like Romeo and, and run things early to get him going, or do you wait to, to get things going? And we have – Indiana has two, Jawan and Romeo. But Jawan goes out and Romeo doesn't really get going for seven, eight minutes. Um, those, are, those are tough decisions as, as coaches. I prefer uh, the better players get a lot of shots. Um, and, and that's not always the way coaches see it. Coaches want it to happen in the flow of the game. But Romeo was outstanding, and um, that was good to see.
1: Yep, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, know, you look at the numbers. Romeo plus three in 38 minutes. So he had to sit for those two minutes, and that's why Indiana lost the game. Way to go, Romeo! Come on. Can't you uh, can't you do some more? All right, um, coming up, we continue our breakdown of Indiana 72 loss to Arkansas. I will point out tonight's meaningful moment you might have missed. Then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You are listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And we are breaking down Indiana's oh-so-close loss to Arkansas today, 73-72. to And it's time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And for this moment, there were so many moments in a game like this. You know, you lose by one. And, you know, when you have so many mistakes and so many questionable calls and, you know, so many things that happen, I mean, one play here or there, you know, if Deron Davis just makes that tip, there's a completely different tone and tenor uh, of this game. But that is life on the road. You know, sometimes, I mean, Indiana won a Big Ten championship in 2016 because that ball rolled out instead of rolling in. So it happens. Sometimes you're on the positive end of them. Sometimes you're not. But, you know, this game could have been and probably would have been a lot different if Juwan Morgan had gotten to play more in the first half. He only plays three minutes. They weren't really productive minutes. You know, anyway, he hadn't really done much. And so, you know, the big storyline for the second half was what would Juwan Morgan do? And as a team, Indiana came out and was absolutely terrible to start the second half. A three-point deficit quickly turned into a 10-point deficit. It was 45-35, to and it kind of felt like the game was hanging in the balance. Is Indiana even going to compete here? And I thought what happened from that point forward is Jawan Morgan kind of got a look in his eye, and really just kind of tried to will Indiana back in it, tried to to take over, you know. And 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 in that particular segment, two, the two possessions I'm going to talk about here, they weren't even that productive, you know. One possession he kind of drove tough to the basket and, and but missed the shot. On the next possession down, you know, he grabbed a tough rebound off a missed Arkansas shot. You know, took it himself. He got fouled. He made one free throw. It wasn't pretty, but what we saw for the first time all game was kind of some life, some energy, some passion, and I really thought that set the tone for Indiana, and I think it really highlighted in the first half with him out how much Indiana misses him when he's not that guy because he was that guy almost every minute he was on the floor against Marquette in one of his better performances I thought that we've seen from him in a long time, and Indiana didn't have that. And so while that little segment I just talked about only produced one point, It set the tone for the fifteen to five run that was to come that got Indiana right back into the game at fifty three to fifty. And of course later, you know, Juwan would knock down some threes. He continued playing well for the entire half and ended up finishing with a respectable line of 15 points, you know, and seven boards. But I really thought that moment when he kind of got that look in his eye and got the energy, you could see how much this team fed off of that. And especially with, you know, with McRoberts out, you know, one of those other, you know, experienced leaders and Justin Smith, just MIA and getting benched in the second half. You can't rely on your freshman to do everything, you know? And so Indiana needed an upperclassman to step up and lead. And Juwan did that. And he almost led them all the way back. But that moment right there, Andy, to me, really was kind of what turned the tide for Indiana, and it was nice to see. That said, a senior like Jawan Morgan has to find a way to play more than three minutes on the road in the first half. So, some good, some bad. But right there, I think we saw ex- exactly what Jawan Morgan means to this team.
2: Yeah, to me, it, it starts with that first foul that he made in the first half, just kind of an over-the-back call and a rebound. Like you can't, you can't make that foul knowing that they were starting him on Gafford. Like you've got to every foul that you make, if it's not on him, it's on the wrong guy. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. you know, to get a foul like that just really puts you in a difficult spot. And the second foul was like there really wasn't anything you could do to get out of the way. And that's the kind of foul you need to be prepared to give in a game like this. You know, that one you just put yourself in a spot and you get to a point where, it, you know, that that to me was almost the meaningful moment that you might have missed because it was such a big play. It was so long ago that you might forget about it. But that really kind of set the set the stage for – uh, to him to get in there. And, and those things are going to happen and you need other guys to step up and really off the bench outside of Deron Davis and just other, in terms of other front court guys that really stepped up. I thought Deron Davis played terrific, uh, and really bought some minutes, played pretty good defense on, on Gafford in general. But otherwise I didn't get a, a lift out of the guys that needed to step up when, when he went out, they didn't get anything out of Fitzner. They didn't get anything out of Justin Smith. And so it exaggerates the fact that, that he did that but to me it starts with that first foul you can't make that foul in the first two minutes of the game on the road and then and then think that you're going to find a way to skate through the rest of the half without it and i think you know luckily romeo kept him close enough that archie could leave him out i think if the game started to get away from him a little bit more i think he would have probably gone back to him a little bit just to try to you know keep the game within reach but we we won't ever really know that i guess
1: coach any any moments stick out to you that people might have missed that you know, cause the difference in a one point game.
3: I, I was gonna say about Juwan's foul, uh and, and Andy said everything that I was I was going to say there. Um the the interesting thing, and I and I know a lot of people are gonna focus on on officials, but the third foul for fantasy on the drive barely was a touch. Oh God. Um which set the whole second half uh in motion where we had to play uh some other people and then the final drive and a couple of uh, I would say five or six plays at the basket on Indiana's offensive end was a lot more contact the, those are the things within the game that really um, it, it, it's it's not blaming officials or anything but the, the that's when coaches get really frustrating or frustrated is the consistency on, on, on one end there's a lot of contact that's not uh, allowed or contact is barely allowed and the files are called in the other uh, and I think that was you know trying to find something uh, and and I just go back to the fact that if, if McRoberts and Green, that depth, just having depth of rotation coming in defensively and offensively uh, would have made up for Juwan uh, having to sit for, for long periods of time. This was a little bit reminiscent of what happened in previous years when Juwan had to, go, had to sit out for, for long periods of time. With that being said, this Indiana team fought, 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 and had a chance and, and really should have at least gone into overtime at, at the end, given... Uh, probably a worst case scenario today. I don't think we could have dialed up a worst played game by design if you went player by player uh, to lose this game to this Arkansas team. So uh, that's what gives me a little pause about, and I'm not uh, panicking, is that this was a, a complete, I, I say D plus C minus effort short of Romeo and Juwan's second half, and the, the game was in, the, in our hands at late.
1: I think that's, you know, look, you're always disappointed after a loss. And, you know, I don't want to talk about moral victories because, you know, there aren't any of those. But there are some losses where you're like, okay, but you can see the positives and you feel okay about it. And there's some losses that are just devastating. You know, the more we talk about this one, I guess the less bad I feel about it because of everything that you just said, coach. I mean, it is disappointing. This is a game they should have won. And I'm sure Archie will say that very thing but you know i i think we we saw so many things to like about what this team was able to do in the second half and and the fact that they almost came and and grinded this out literally by like an inch with that with duron davis's shot given everything that was stacked against them there are reasons to walk away from this game not feeling terrible you know and, and so you know it would be interesting to see what archie says in the post game one other meaningful moment that kind of stands out early in the second half justin smith got blocked by daniel gafford For the life of me, I don't know what he was thinking just putting weak sauce up there with Daniel Gafford uh, down there after, you know, because he'd had trouble finishing in the first half. Archie took him out right away. Did Justin play again? Did he play the rest of the second half? I think he might have sat the entire second half. I mean, Demise Anderson got a ton of minutes, you know, and look. You know, and oh, I I think the other play was Justin. Maybe it was in the first half when he threw it to Demise Anderson, who was, you know, standing out of bounds and it was just a kind of a pointless turnover. I mean, Justin really just not there today. Three points, one of six from the field, um, you know, only plays 15 minutes. That's rough. You know, you have that many, you're that short handed, you're dealing with that much foul trouble. You need Justin Smith to come and produce for you. And, you know, again, all these things add up to a one point loss, but that's, that was rough not having more production from Justin there. You're listening. Oh, go ahead, Indy.
2: Sorry sorry, just to go on. I mean, to me, the big number that sticks out for Justin is the the big zero in the rebound column. I mean, you are not gonna He just wasn't playing tough or smart. I mean, that's especially with yeah, especially with Morgan out. That was really you know, I think he was one of five at at halftime. Two of his shots have been threes, and he didn't have any rebounds. I mean, you've gotta get more from him given how given you got nothing from Juwan in that half. Um, you know, he, he can he can be in the in the background when when Juwan is playing well and that doesn't kill you, but when Juwan's not in there, as you're you know kind of next most experienced guy within the, you know within, you know kind of around that same position, you just got to get something out of him. You got to get some kind of rebounds and and that. And it's one thing to you know struggle to convert shots around the basket. I think he was one of four from the free throw line too. So even when he got fouled, he you know didn't make shots. And so yeah, it was a it was a struggle for him. I was surprised Fitzner played the five minutes that, that shows he played in the second half of the box score because I didn't really remember him no, playing he, much in the second half either.
1: He wasn't a game a little bit too fast for him, it felt like. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and the coach, Brian Tonsoni, uh, breaking down Indiana's one point loss to Arkansas. Uh, let's hop into the numbers, Andy. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of numbers already. You know, clearly the 18 turnovers jump out big time. And, you know, I, I think. You know, the individual in terms of turnovers that really jumps out is Al Durham, who was really forced into playing a lot of minutes, 36 minutes. Um, I thought we saw fatigue really take a, a toll on Al's defense in the first half. But all day, you know, his decision making to me was a little bit questionable. I thought they really sped him up and it led to him really just kind of, you know, flying into the lane with some wild drives. And, you know, not that Al driving into the lane and penetrating is a bad, bad thing. He's often successful doing it, coach. Um... But today, you know, he got out of control, got some charges, you know, made some some poor passes. And so as under control, as good as he played against Marquette, it was kind of the flip side of that. And I think, again, when you're dealing with the foul trouble with Rob and some of the issues, you've got to lean. He's not an upperclassman. He's only a sophomore, but you've got to lean on your more experienced guy. And I thought from a decision making standpoint, he was probably the most questionable of all the Hoosiers today.
3: Yeah, I, I, I was really disappointed in L's play. I mean, he started off great hitting a couple shots early, and I thought, okay, L's really going to bring it. But five turnovers from a guard, uh, I know the, the defense is known for its pressure, but five turnovers from a guard is, is not acceptable play. And, and the decision-making, he, he misses a pull-up jumper on a three-on-two. That, that, there was a, a basket there that's not in the box score as a turnover, uh, but that, that play has to be converted. And and that miss uh what was big as well. So, you know, I think what what is telling to me, as bad or as rough as it looked like fantasy played, he had zero turnovers in his 21 minutes. That's a number that stands out to me. And it seemed like the offense uh the offense never really ran very well all day, to be honest with you. Uh but when when he was not on the floor, L was running, uh, the offense and and he was making some mistakes. So I I think, again, that just reiterates the, the importance of having fantasy on the floor. And so you have fantasy off the floor, you have Juwan off the floor and you have other guys trying to step up and you lose by one, uh, that, that again, I don't like you play to win the game and and you got to finish regardless of scenarios. But, um, you know, again, that, that, that number, no, no turnovers, the ball needs to be in his hands a lot more, regardless of of his poor decision there to go a little early. But um, at the end of the game, that that's a that's a number that stands out to me.
2: Andy, you know, one that was a big one when you when you look and compare by half and how how IU played was assists. So IU on the, in the first half four assists on thirteen made field goals. The second half nine assists on fourteen makes. I mean. That speaks to just what Coach said about the offense really bogging down and not looking very good um, throughout. I think the ball movement was better in the second half, and that showed by being able to, you know, get in the lane. Duran had some nice finishes off of drives from other players, and uh, and you know, Juwan had some good kickouts and just just better ball movement in general. Um, so that was that was a big one. You mentioned the turnovers, uh, points in the paint. IU got outscored in the paint. That's an area they've really excelled in early in the season. So they got outscored in the paint, thirty-eight to thirty, uh, in the game today. And, uh, you know, Gafford was was certainly a big part of that. And I was a little bit surprised with the way they defended him, which maybe we can get into here in, in a little bit once we get done numbers-wise. Um, you know, IU, 8 of 20 on threes. Um, so, you know, 40% there, not too bad. Two-point shooting was not as good as it has been. Two-point defense was not as good, uh, not quite as good as it has been uh, to this point in the season. But to me, the assist numbers was, was really pretty big in addition to the turnovers, just the ball movement in the first half wasn't good enough. and um, maybe part of that was who was playing and some of the lineups that were, uh, you know, that were really being pieced together at that point. But I thought those were, um, you know, that, that really stood out as you were watching the game. And um, I didn't, I hadn't looked at the second half numbers until we were sitting here, but that's, uh, uh, you know, that's important. Second chance points was pretty big for IU. They had some nice putbacks. Juwan in particular in the second half, they had, I think, 11 second chance points in the second half. So that really helped, um, you know, get back in the game a little bit. But, you know, 10 turnovers and only forcing five in the second half, you know, uh, Arkansas only had uh, Arkansas did have twenty turnovers. So IU, you know, did a, a reasonable. No, that's not right. No, they had twelve. Like 12 only twelve. 12. 12. Yeah. I was looking at assists. I wish it was twenty. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was another area that IU had been good at early in the season, and that was a big one that the was not as good as it has been today.
1: Yeah. Indiana ten of fifteen from the line is free throw watch continues. So sixty six point seven percent still not good enough. Non Romeo players two for six. You know, Juwan and and Deron Davis, the only two guys. So only three guys got free throws. Um. I don't know if that says more about Indiana or the officiating there, um, but that's that's not good. And you know, to go along with the turnover numbers, Andy, you know, Indiana only forces twelve. This has been a a big plus for Indiana so far this year. And Indiana really has thrived on fast break points, and only got four fast break points today. You know, on the plus side, Indiana only gave up six fast break points, despite having, uh, you know, all the turnovers that they did. And I thought there were a couple possessions, especially um, late in the first half, where Demisey Anderson really did a nice job in transition defense to, you know, to challenge a few shots and not let Arkansas get easy buckets. And we'll talk about him, you know, because Demisey played 26 minutes, you know. And if you had told us two weeks ago that Demisey Anderson was going to play 26 minutes at Arkansas you know not quite sure what we would have thought but we'll kind of talk about what that means because it's you know it's not exactly ideal um guys any other numbers before we close the segment and kind of get on to 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 talking about some more individual performances in the next one
2: no no nothing else numbers watch for me
1: all right so coming up here on the assembly call we continue our breakdown of indiana 73 to 72 loss to arkansas we got to talk about the day for deron davis we'll also talk a little bit more about demisey anderson stick with us here on the assembly call listening to the assembly call iu postgame show catch us live immediately following every iu basketball game plus every thursday night and monday afternoon at our website assemblycall.com i'm jared morris i'm here with andy bottoms and the coach brian tonsoni and we are breaking down indiana's 73 to 72 loss to arkansas uh, a game which Indiana, you know, just really did not play well, but somehow found themselves in a tough environment on the road with a chance to win inches away. If that Deron Davis tip in um, had had just fallen through, but it didn't, and so Indiana exits with a loss, their first of the season. The Hoosiers now three and one. Guys, let's talk about a couple of guys uh, who, you know, had had interesting games off the bench. Let's start with Demezi who I mentioned there at the end of of the second segment. You know, Andy, when I, when I look at the day for Demise, I talked about some of the transition defense, a, a few possessions that were good. This was clearly a game that was too fast for Demise. You know, it just from a ball handling perspective, in terms of comfort level on offense, he did have four points, you know, uh, had a few rebounds. But this is not a game where you're expecting Demezi to go out there and, and play well. And, and frankly, we know the reason why he's playing. It's because guys like Zach McRoberts are hurt. Guys like Devontae Green are hurt. And you need someone with some semblance of ball handling ability. And, you know, he can shoot. While I think that, you know, if you substitute Zach McRoberts for Demezi Anderson in this game, I think Indiana wins the game. That said, from a personal st- you know, standpoint in terms of development, this was a huge opportunity for Demezi. And I think he's going to be a lot better for this for having played these 26 minutes in a tough environment, you know, being smacked in the face with how fast the college basketball game can be. And he's a guy with a lot of potential. So I think, you know, as you look in terms of building depth and what positives can you take from this, I think because of this game, Demezi is going to be a more useful player down the road, even if him playing 26 minutes is part of the reason why you lose a game like this. So there's a negative, but in the long run, it could be a positive for Indiana if it helps Demezi's development come along even faster.
2: Yeah, I thought, I wrote down at one point in the first half in my notes, Demezi's not ready for this. And and I think he played that way early. I think he did settle in a little bit. He really struggled defensively, trying to close out under control on shooters and not let guys just drive right by him uh, was a, was a challenge at points. And I think... You know, Arkansas hits a few threes, and, and maybe you feel like you really got to run out with that much more urgency, but I thought that was really where he struggled the most was really just being able to keep guys in front of him uh, off the dribble. He did get a little bit out of control, uh, only was credited with one turnover, but um, thought there were some times that he, he struggled, but he had a nice drive and dish to Duran, I think, in the, in the second half. So, you know, made a couple shots, um, and I agree with you. We talked about this a little bit after even the Marquette game with the number of minutes that they had to kind of, again, foul trouble, had to... Had to kind of steal with him on the floor to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, you, you referenced plus minus a little bit. And, you know, there was three guys that were negative today. He was one of them and he, he's the one I I struggle a little bit to hold it against him too much because if all else is, is how you'd expect it to be at this point in the season, there's no way in the world that you'd envision him playing this kind of minutes in this game this early in the season. And so while he did struggle, um, I thought he did some things well enough that play at the end of the first half where he really ran one down i think he's playing hard i just think he doesn't know what to do um in some of the scenarios which i guess is a you know i i, I don't mean that as a backhanded compliment by any by any means um i think he's trying to work through what he has by his own uh, you know words acknowledged are his deficiencies on the floor at this point it's just a difficult situation to uh to work through that in front of everybody at a close game but um, I, I do think it'll benefit him in the long run. And, uh, and, and as we, you know, can look back on this hopefully and see, Hey, here's how far he's come defensively, because that's really where he's got to get better. And that was, uh, the biggest issue with him today.
1: You can also tell coach that Demisi and Romeo are learning, how to play consistent defense, because I agree. And I think they're both playing hard, but there are also defensive possessions where you can tell they kind of take them off, which they could probably do in high school and get away with it. And there's one possession in particular where, you know, Romeo, uh, you know, was just kind of being lackadaisical. It led to an open three and then Demise didn't box anybody out and it led to, you know, it led to a follow-up. And so I think they're learning how to consistently play defense and they're freshmen. You know, you're going to deal with some of that. But, you know, I've seen some comments about Demezi on Twitter and in the chat, and I think it's fine to criticize his play, but let's also remember he wasn't really expected to have these minutes. And if he's not ready for them, that's not necessarily his fault as much as it's part of circumstance. And again, there's still something positive he can take from it. Um, Coach, did you want to say anything about Demizzi?
3: I I think he was very, very poor. Uh, There was, there's nothing bright about Demezis' play today from a coaching standpoint. He was, he was lost defensively. Uh, Sorry, I'm ruining your, no, this is why you're here. Tell me Um, (laughs) he he was. And again, you guys are right. He shouldn't be getting these minutes and he's out there giving everything he's got. and, And that's what you ask for. But his technique was very poor to be polite.
1: No, um, I think you're right on that. He,
3: w- he wasn't closing out. Um, a lot of those baskets, uh, you know, Juwan has to help on the drive at the post and then the dish for the dunks. Um, you hear Archie yelling, Demezy, Demezy, they're trying to coach him through um, when you're minus two guards and your lead guards in foul trouble. He's got to get those minutes and, and he's not ready. Um, you know, uh, again, I, I wish I were wrong on that. Offensively, he, he takes some shots that shouldn't. Um, be taken. He he needs to understand that the bread is buttered elsewhere. Um, he hunted shots, for, in my opinion, and I, I don't like to get on here and, and be negative unless it's about Duke and Hoosier hysteria. But um, that that was. If you go back and track the times, the the runs, there were some runs that were made when he was on the floor, and there's a lot of things offensively and defensively when you have to cover up um, um, for a poor poor defensive player but he's still a heck of a young man <laughs> that is and i love his hair <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, his hair is great. Um, let's talk about Deron Davis, Andy, who, you know, look, you're looking for encouraging signs about Deron's health. You saw a lot of it today. He, you know, Indiana was plus 17 in his 23 minutes. Deron scores 10 points, five for six. I thought, you know, showed a, a few different offensive moves. You know, even had one where he faced up at the basket, took a dribble, um, you know, hit a little floater, had five rebounds, you know, a few tough rebounds, you know, where he actually had to move to get them. And, you know, those are little things that you're looking for as he, you know, kind of, you know, goes through this recovery. And obviously he's, you know, still not moving great and, you know, has his issues defensively. But all in all, some solid minutes from Duran while he was out there. Another good sign. I mean, just the fact that he was able to play 23 minutes in a game this fast and be that productive is another one of the good things I think that you can take from this game despite the loss.
2: Yeah, I thought he played really well. And I thought he gave IU a chance to give a little bit different look to to Gafford defensively because, you know, and, and I'll let Coach chime in on this after, he would be probably better to speak to it than I would, but I was a little bit surprised that they had Juwan come out and front him early. Uh, put so much pressure on the help side guys to be there and be available. And with the team that really wants to shoot threes, the way that Arkansas does is spacing makes that a little bit difficult. And I thought when Duran came in, You know, he played behind him, basically forced him to make a post move, which in the first half he did exactly one time and he made a tough shot, and that's fine. Um, But, you know, they were just, I feel like they're giving up too many uncontested shots to him. And Duran really did a good job of trying to force him out on the floor, got himself in trouble as they ran. I was surprised they didn't put Gafford in more, um, you know, pick and roll scenarios because when they did, it worked Um, because it was really challenging for Duran to get back. But I thought Duran did did as well as anybody did defensively on Gafford tried to force him out made him hit a face up jumper again those are the shots you want him to take push him out make him make a move and show that he can do something other than dunk and make layups off of uh you know off of, off of dishes from other people and then you know Deron made him play defense on the other end as well with the you know again he just gives teams a different look than what they're used to there's not a lot of back to the basket big men out there anymore and he is certainly uh certainly one of them i thought he played well i thought it was really again not to circle back to that uh, not even just for the audience, but for my own mental well-being. but that, you know, the call where, you know, Gafford flops rolls into his leg there, you know, it's a tough play. It was, you know, again, kind of, kind of strange. When you go down the stretch, like they went into him. That seemed a little bit odd, not that he can't score. And then fantasy the guy that takes a shot. The other one, a little bit strange scenarios of who's taking the shots there. But I mean, he had great position. He's deep on him. He's got the guy right where he wants him. He's going to make a turn. He's going to make a turn to the basket and lay it in. And that's why the guy flops, and, and that to me is just ridiculous. That should be a foul, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Also, Duran got called for the old uh, hook and hold, flagrant. That's all the rage in college oh. basketball these days. So that, that's fun.
1: That foul uh, was terrible, uh, and the foul on just him just to go at the back to play more of the
2: yeah, just play more of the greatest hits from uh, the officials on. Was uh, it him. Ted
1: I, Valentine? Felt like it.
2: Surprisingly, no. Um, <laughs> but no, I thought he played really well. And I and what you said, too, I mean, playing the number of minutes that he did, he's starting to look like he's, you know, his conditioning is getting better. Uh, and to be able to, and, and to have to, really, with Fitzner struggling and Juwan in foul trouble, they had to rely on him for big minutes. And he really came through uh, in a big way. So that's a positive, you know, again, a positive sign for the team. He he is what he is, but he's getting back into, in, into good shape and uh, and really provided an offensive threat, was in the right spot offensively, and uh, was, was darn close to having the game-winning bucket.
1: So, okay, Coach, I mean, let's talk about the defensive strategy on Gafford. What would you think of it?
3: Yeah, I, I, think, it was, I think it was okay. Uh, you got to do, do some different things to stop a guy like that. I think when they decided to go Morgan early, they were going to front. And when you front, there's two aspects that really need to be um, accomplished. Heavy ball pressure on the passer so they can't make an easy lob. And then and weak side. And Indiana didn't have either. So, so it looks like it's horrible defense because it's just lob. And then the, you know, the sec announcers are there saying, Oh, they're just lob it into it. Well, yeah. Uh, And that was some of our guard play, a freshman guard play defense that we were just standing there, letting the passer have a clear shot at the post. So that defense did not work. And it wasn't because of whether we uh, Indiana was fronting or playing behind. It was, it was the other defenders that were not executing that at all. And there was a few times when Indiana did front that we there was a tip or he caught under the basket and traveled. But I think with Jawan being a little bit smaller, and then you bring Davis in who's thicker and stronger and bigger, then they went behind. That was an adjustment that was made after uh, Indiana was getting hurt on that. So, so I think that, that was an attempt. The dunks and the rebounds and all of that stuff uh, add to his point total a, as well. And, and he was a pretty dominant player. Uh, I think was a uh, MVP of why Arkansas won and give give the young man credit. He brought great effort, but you're going to have to do one or one or two of those things um, to, to stop someone like that. Uh, Duron Davis, uh, you know, kudos to that young man for coming back 23 points, 10 uh, or 23 minutes, uh, 10 points, five rebounds. I thought he, he got better the more he was in the game i thought he, he was a little rough with the ball and a little slow defensively the first 4 or 5 minutes but boy that second half i thought if that's the deron davis that indiana's going to get that adds another dimension to to our play both offensively and defensively i thought it was an outstanding effort by by him and you know i, I know he's going to beat himself up for that last tip but uh, indiana's not in a game without that man's uh effort um And again, I was doubting that at the beginning of the season, and and I am 100% wrong. I'm just pleased that that asset uh, is healthy and coming back, and Indiana's going to be really good because Duran's going to be able to play these kind of meaningful minutes.
1: Agreed, Uh, Andy. Coach, any other thoughts on kind of the you know the day for Archie Miller? I mean, you know, he makes the decision to bench Justin Smith, um, which is an interesting one. You know, they're late. Obviously, the one possession that we scored on was the one where we went through Jawan, and he gets it to Al in the corner. They you know they get it to Rob. He gets the wide open three. The possession before that, it's into Duran for a travel. The possession after that is Rob drives, but you know Duran's there within you know within an inch of making that. So, you know, I guess there's some things you can quibble with there, but the opportunities still were okay. You know, Andy, anything that you would take the coach to task for in a game like this?
2: You know, I saw people question the the last play of should you have used the time out there, a young team that hasn't been in this scenario before, settle them down, draw something up, figure out what you figure out what you want to do, who you want to get the ball to, all those kinds of things. I guess if there was anything, I would say it was that they did have the one timeout left, which they used between free throws um, after the Deron Davis foul. Um, I, I thought otherwise, you know, used his timeouts at, at at when he needed to during the rest of the game to really stop runs and and kind of get IU fired up a little bit. Uh, I think when they got down ten, they came out and they scored, you know, three points. You got a, I think, a free throw and and a, and a made basket the next couple of possessions. So. If there's anything, I guess it would be that because maybe that helps you, um, you. You know, you put yourself in a situation where, yeah, you don't have any timeouts, but if you get the ball in bounds, make sure that you take a shot with just a few seconds left on the clock and pretty much ensure yourself of overtime. The shot ended up going up a little bit early. Now, that did allow time for Durant to nearly tip it in, but also allow time for the foul. So I guess if there's anything, it would be that. But there's also the argument in those scenarios that the team isn't set. Arkansas is kind of reeling. Um, IU had a ton of the momentum and they'd really been you know, moving the ball really well and, and, and taking good shots. So, I, you know, if, if you want to nitpick something, I guess it would be that, but I don't know that I necessarily have a huge issue with it, but that really, to me is the the only thing that came to mind, uh, when you asked the question,
3: I have a mad crush on Archie Miller and coach, we know your thoughts on Archie, but <laughs> anything you'd nitpick today. You know, my, my only question is playing, I'm going to go back to Demisey. Um, there had to be a different choice to go big or go something, and again, Arkansas was quick, so so I understand what why would you do though
1: because Fitzner and Justin Smith gave you nothing
3: yeah yeah, I know um, and that was the I decision. think you had to
2: go back to Justin Smith I don't really know that, whether' that's, you got.
3: that's yeah. where I would have probably gone um, a little bit early because I, I thought the last four or five minutes once there was a substitution, um, I thought Indiana really picked it up. The you know I saw people in there saying that Archie didn't go to any other sets or plays didn't do anything differently. Here here's the thing, when when you have a pressure defense, it's up to players to make plays. Sets are you could call sets, but unless players break those sets uh, because of the heavy pressure against teams like that, you just need to go make plays. And Indiana didn't make plays. They they were making bad choices with the ball. They were making bad shot selection, and. and uh, you can dial up 70 different plays, but the decision making and the ball handling is bad. It's going to continue whether you run play one or two. If you're going to be critical of the coaching staff, it's getting them ready uh, for that. And there's a lot, you know, you can't when you got freshmen and you got young players, and you got injuries. There's a lot of stuff that you have to deal with. Um, you know, no one's happy with this. and Everyone's going to go back and second guess their decisions on the court and off the court. Uh, there's not much you can do when it, when a team's getting up in your grill other than saying go North and South. And there was a timeout where he got on them and they started going North and South and that's when Indiana started uh, fighting back, but they just let Arkansas hang uh, too long. The only other thing would be the, the timeout between free throws. I saw Archie turn around and ask, and one of his assistants said, take it. And he goes, take it now. And then he said, okay. And then he took it. So he got some help on the bench from, from that, um, you know on a miss i think you got a chance if you rebound a miss and call timeout you got a hail mary pass down to the other end uh if he makes it you can call timeout and set up something uh that would have been my one question too um you yeah. know uh, about use of that timeout but man it, you know it it's it's a tough business and so um you know the fact that this was a one-point game when I thought the players and, and, and everyone was at a C, C-minus, D-plus effort. It's going to happen.
1: Yep. All righty, coming up in our final segment, we hand out our game ball. That should be easy. Take a quick look ahead to Indiana's next opponent. Uh, and then in last call, we'll deliver our final thoughts on this loss to Arkansas that Indiana suffered today. That's next on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I am Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and the coach Brian Tonsoni, and we are wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's disappointing 73 to 72 loss to Arkansas in Fayetteville today. Guys, this is the point in the show when we hand out our game balls. Um, I'll go first because I think this one's pretty easy. Uh, the game ball goes to Romeo Langford for me. Thirty-eight minutes. Uh, you know, Andy, as you said, led Indiana in points and rebounds and assists. You know, did so many things. Um, you know, did have some weak moments on defense. Did have some weak moments from a turnover perspective. But you, know, you just you saw all the different ways that he can score. And, and you know, and I was I was especially encouraged that you know, after missing some threes, you know, forcing some threes early in the in the first half, you know, in the second half when it was put up or shut up time and you've you've got some shots to to take, you know, to to take and give yourself your team a chance, Romeo steps up and drains two three-pointers. And I just think Hey, you know, I was on. Uh, I did a radio show with uh, uh, um, a radio station in Fayetteville, and they said, "How do you think Romeo will respond to the atmosphere?" And I said, "Frankly, one of the things I am least worried about is how Romeo Langford will be. He's, you know, calm, cool, collected. Pressure doesn't seem to phase him, and I thought we saw that today. Um, so Romeo gets my game ball. Andy, who gets yours?
2: Yeah, he he would get mine as well. Like I said, I think this game gets out of hand in the first half if not for him. So I'll I'll keep it short and give it to him, Coach.
3: Well, so so Romeo wins, and I have to give it to Romeo, too, but uh, I'm going to give a Tonsoni game ball to Duran Davis because I've been so hard on him in the in the off season, and, and I'm just very, very pleased with him. So honorable mention, game ball, but Romeo was outstanding short of a, a, a few passes and things. Uh, excellent effort by that young man. He's going to keep us in games when things aren't going well. So I think it's a very deserving uh, game ball to Romeo.
1: So how, before we get into the preview, I mean, what's... Now that we've had, you know, I don't know, 45 cathartic minutes to talk about this. I mean, how do you guys feel about this, this loss? I mean, Andy, do you kind of, is this a game where you walk away from it and it just, you know, it stings because there was a win there for the taking? Are you upset about all the mistakes and the lackadaisical play and how long it took him to get into it? Or did you see kind of in the big picture, more positives to feel good about the program and the team from a, a day like today?
2: Well, I would be, without Ryan here, I would be remiss if I didn't say that this is why Coach K doesn't play road games until January, but um, that being said, <laughs> I think I think all in all, it'll be a good experience. It is frustrating that they didn't come out well, uh, and they didn't come out and play better from the start, and it took so long uh, to get back to doing the things they needed to do. I mean, like you said a minute ago, once they really got aggressive and started attacking the basket, like that was the difference in the game. Um, and, and they were able to get a lot of easy baskets. That's when some of those putbacks came, which you won, where you really got Arkansas, uh, you know, struggling in that regard and really started to kind of wear Arkansas down, which is supposed to really be the opposite. But they were the ones, you know, I thought they were going to need to bring an oxygen tank out for Gafford at one point. Um, and, and so, you know, there were positives there. I think with a team this young, if you play this game even three weeks from now, it probably is pretty different um and so yeah, plus you
1: have Devonte and McRoberts.
2: well that would probably, that probably. would also be helpful I, even with this personnel though i would say yeah um it, i i would so i guess it, it's it's i feel like i've said this a lot in the past and it has tended to not work out very well but it's it's only as meaningful as as the way they respond where they're in a similar situation the next time um and so we talked about that in the past, like, oh, this is adversity. Let's see how they deal with this before, and then you just get punched in the face again, and then you go back and do it again. So hopefully, this group is uh, a, a little bit different, and they can they can really use this and learn from it when they go on their next true road game. Will be the the Big Ten conference game uh, when they play Penn State. So, uh, or actually, it'll be Duke, Duke before that. So, well, that you know, who knows what's going to happen in that, but uh, you know, regardless, I, I think. I think it was a game against a team that you should have beat that you, that you didn't and you you'll probably look back on it in in the immediate aftermath and be upset that it's a game you didn't win but if this turns into something that can win you other games down the road then then maybe it's worth it but it's We're beating Duke. It's it's uh but it, but it's frustrating nonetheless cuz you see the potential you see how these guys play down the stretch to really get back in the game even when they still weren't playing all that great when they, you know, made a run to take the lead. Um, so I think this week has been a good, you know, we look forward to these tests. It's been a good barometer of what the, you know, kind of the floor and the ceiling might really be for this team where you had stretches where they looked fantastic and you had stretches where they looked really, really bad. Um, and so, you know, to me, can you start to eliminate some of the stretches of play that cause you to lose a game like this? And if you can, then it's worth it and and you move forward. And if it, if it doesn't, and this, and we look back and say, Hey, this started to show some. Uh, potential flaws in this team that they weren't able to correct, then it'll be easier to to you know kind of come down on one side of that argument or the other,
1: yeah, I mean the flip side to my point too is this isn't a great Arkansas team, and this is a team that's replacing a lot of experienced guys from last year, you know kind of working through some youth of their own. A better team might have really taken advantage of indiana 's slow start and their their bad play and made this an even worse loss than it ended up being, and I suppose we 're going to find out a lot um, when this team goes to Cameron and, you know and, and to see if they 're ready for that challenge. The other thing that I would say, coach, about this game is you know for anybody and there are there have been people saying this because i 've seen it you know talking about you know i think it 's fine to say that Rob Finnessy should be the starting point guard for this team, but for everybody who has downplayed the importance of Devontae Green. I think today really highlights it. Because he surely would have had two or three turnovers in a game this fast that made you slap your head. But he also would have made some plays. And he would have helped to break the press. And when Al Durham was exhausted offensively and defensively in the first half, he would have been another guy to lighten that load. So Devontae Green has a huge, huge role to play on this team, whether it's as a starter or not. And it probably isn't. Um, And so I think that's important. You know, The Marquette game, everything was perfect. It all went well. So you're able to weather the storm of those guys today it didn't and you really needed a guy like Devontae green he wasn't there so i hope he sees that and i hope anybody who's still kind of questioning you know how important he is to the future of this team saw that today
3: yeah it devonte's that slasher type at the point guard and there you know we've talked about the difference in the style um you know fantasy gets the show going but this was a game where you could have played both of them and i think when Indiana started going north-south at the back end of the game, Indiana was clearly the better ball club, given all the road and the youth and all the injuries and all of that stuff. That last 10, 12 minutes, Indiana was fantastic because they started going north-south. Well, you, you got a guy that's injured that is pure north-south, shake and bake and pull up and get to the rim and dish. And so, you know, there, he does bring something to this team. And, you know, you, you have to have next man up nothing you can do about the injuries, but it does speak volumes of his absence. And I, and we haven't talked McRoberts' absence defensively too, with the the amount of penetration that was allowed uh, against the team that got into the lane. Indiana was able to prevent that a lot against Marquette. They weren't able to prevent that uh, to the level they needed tonight. And so um, I, I think those were some things. And, and I wanted to say too, this had to feel for me as a little bit, it's getting backed. i know we lost and and i know people are going to say that we're on this show we're overly positive but i kept thinking we're going to win the game and, and in the past it hasn't had that feeling for quite a long time it's hoping we win the game and this had a feeling like we we're, we're, we're going to make a comeback even with those some of those daggers and getting down 3 and and fouled and the guy misses the free throw we hit a 3 to come back and fantasy hits his 3 it's like okay that's indiana of the past the the tradition of indiana basketball is winning is expected and losses are shocks. So I'm shocked because of the poor play allowed an official to have an impact. And that's the way Indiana has to lose games from now on. It's not going to be because we're not doing things the right way. We don't have good players that care about Indiana more than the name on the back of their jerseys. We don't have a coaching staff that's doing the right things. This is closer to Indiana basketball, even on a day that's lost, because I'm just shocked we lost. Uh, And it it took a tsunami of events for us to lose by one on the road and and those things aren't going to happen on a regular basis all the foul trouble all the injuries all the poor officiating and some of those key clutch shots that the opponents hit to lose by one it's not going to happen we're going to be a good team Um, and so that's the way I think I'm going to try to look at it I like
1: it (laughs) coach just jumped into last call there early that was great I feel like we should just end things right now. Uh, You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember that because you're an Assembly Call listener, you get 15% off your entire order at HoosierProud.com and HomeFieldApparel.com. So if you want officially licensed IU gear, go to HomeFieldApparel.com. And if you want one of our Assembly Call logo t-shirts or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana-inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com. On both sites, use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout for 15% off your entire order. All right, uh, real quick, before we hop into last call, Andy, we usually do a game preview here. Uh, we'll have a chance to talk about UT Arlington some on Monday. That game is Tuesday, so really quick turnaround. That game's going to be at home. You know, I would not expect on the on his pregame radio show, Archie Miller said that he hopes to get Devontae and Zach back in the next week or two. I certainly wouldn't expect them to play Tuesday so how good is this team? Should we be concerned that with the quick turnaround and maybe guys being tired that they're good enough to come into Assembly Hall, Simon Scott Assembly Hall, and and steal a victory from Indiana? Uh,
2: I wouldn't expect that to happen. Uh, they kind of surprisingly fired their coach after the end of last season, so they've been a really consistent program and had played really well. Uh, so they got a first-year coach. They have a ton of new players. I'm not exactly sure that I understand what minutes continuity is on... Ken Palm, but there's is 7.4 percent, which is 348th in the country, which I think has something to do with the amount of minutes uh, coming back. So they have a lot of JUCO transfers uh, and a lot of freshmen. So almost completely new roster for them. They are three and one uh, coming in. Beat UC Davis today. They have yet to play a game away from home. Uh, beat a non D one team. Beat Northern Iowa. Beat UC Davis and lost to Texas A M Corpus Christi. So, um, you know, again, feels like a, a get right game for IU. Um, but it is a little bit of a quick turnaround and in a game where you had some guys have to log some pretty major minutes, uh, it'd be interesting to see how IU you know, comes back and bounces back, but it, it did not feel, you know, of the non-major conference teams that IU plays, this one did not jump to the top in terms of difficulty. So hopefully that, uh, that remains to be the case.
1: All right. Well, it is time for last call. Final thoughts on this Indiana game coach. Do you, uh, do you have anything else? Your your last no, statement I jumped, was great.
3: <laughs> I, I jumped in a little bit earlier. I'm now on my phone searching for some meds to to make sure that I don't jump the shark a little too early. No, hey, Indiana basketball <laughs> is on its on the way back. Everyone relax, have a nice meal. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, we'll get a couple of wins, and we're all we're all happy uh, to be here soaking in this uh, basketball. We're, we're fine.
1: Absolutely okay. I like it, Andy. Last call.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. There's too much to add. I mean, I think you see, you, you can kind of look at a game like this and a loss like this and see whatever you want. You can be disappointed and and upset that the team didn't come out and play as well as they could have played, and were careless with the ball, uh, and really struggled to you know stay out of foul trouble and just you know struggled to to not make a, a crucial error uh, at, at a difficult time. But you can also look and say, when Romeo and Juwan were clicking in the second half, it's hard to see other teams in the Big Ten being able to compete with. Uh, a duo like that. And you like the fight from a young team that was shorthanded and forcing guys to play the kinds of minutes that you wouldn't have expected them to for one reason or another, I would guess in a, in a ideal world, even Deron Davis probably isn't playing 23 minutes in this game, but these guys are, you know, he and Demezi are playing minutes out of necessity uh, to a certain extent. And, um, and so, you know, hopefully a good learning experience. Like we said, we'll look back at some point, this will not fall into the uh, NC state game category of, of some years ago when we you know look back at that game and talk about how important it was because they found a way to win. Um, but maybe we'll look back on it a little bit and and, and figuring out how they were able to make some improvements and, and correct some things as they go forward and play road games in the future. So uh, not not terribly disappointed, but I'm a little bit, you know, what Coach said I thought was good because there was never really felt like they were out of it because it just didn't feel like Arkansas could run away. Uh, and it felt as though if I, you could get back close enough to put a little bit of game pressure on, they would start to, you know, take some bad shots. I, you could turn things around and they did in large part, just couldn't quite get over the hump. But, uh, yeah, it just kind of felt like they were going to find a way to, uh, you know, to eke out the win and, and nearly did, but, uh, a disappointing loss given the way, you know, the last you know few minutes went down. But, um, but I think it, it there, there's a lot of reasons I'm going to choose for now. You know, if we're, you know, 25 games in and, You see some of this stuff. Yeah, you probably have a different opinion. But for now, I'm going to choose to view it as a a learning experience and one that they'll be able to to use in a positive way going forward. And uh, that should start on uh, Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, the NC State game is the one I was thinking about, too, because we all have kind of compared this game to that in terms of what it could tell us about this team. And I, I think we knew coming in, we didn't know much about this team after Chicago State and Montana State. At least we didn't we didn't know what we knew about this team. We thought that we'd know a lot more you know after the Marquette game after this game, and you know, and I think we do. I, I think we saw a lot of things to be encouraged about with the young guys. I, I think we saw Jawan Morgan really play a lot of good minutes, unfortunately, you know, unable to really produce in the first half today, uh, and that really ended up costing Indiana. Um, and so, you know, there's some things to be really disappointed about today at the turnovers, Justin Smith's, you know, no show, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. I think that to me is going to be one of the most important things to see from this game moving forward is how does Justin Smith respond, you know, to, to being benched like that, uh, because, you know, he, he really did not play well. And part of the calculus for this Indiana team being a a competitor in the big 10 was Justin Smith being a really productive player. And that hasn't happened yet. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, you know how he's able to bounce back but really disappointing game it felt like indiana left a a really valuable road win in fayetteville today um but still some things to like i agree with you though andy it's all going to be based on the context only hindsight will tell us you know how we should kind of feel about this right now uh, and if some of the positive things that we saw kind of proved true and some of these mistakes you know proved to be more um, you know, anomalies and just something that a young team had to go through that was shorthanded on the road, that I think we can look back on this game as something that, you know, that was a positive in a lot of ways. But only time will tell. Uh, and we look forward to tracking it all with you here as we move forward this season on the assembly call. All righty. Well, that will do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. You can also subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Monday afternoon and after UT Arlington. Until then, keep your elbows in
0: and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. This was the most ridiculous ordeal of my life. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com support that lists five ways that you can support The Assembly Call. We encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew, Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.